Hey, 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 welcome back to Seaweed Brain, a Percy Jackson podcast where we feel all our feelings about Percibeth. I cannot contain my excitement because today is the day that I have been waiting for since we started this whole shebang. It's the Titan's Woo! curse. I, I'm i like shedding tears at the thought of doing this episode. So we've got a great special guest here ready to chat. Stick around. All righty, righty, righty. I am <laughs> physically quaking. <laughs> Calm down. Oh, Hello, Carter. Hi. You take up your space. Hi. How are you feeling right now? I'm, I, I'm also very excited to dive into this part. All right. And welcome our very special guest, Chloe Castro Santos. Yay! I'm here. I've been waiting for so long. I'm so excited. Tell me about who you are. Hi. Um, hello, everyone. I am Chloe. I am Erica's friend from college. Uh, we, <laughs> both, we both go to school for musical theater together. I don't really know what to say. I'm so excited to You're be from here. The, I'm from yeah, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. If any listeners are from the East Coast. Yeah, I know that you're here because you really like this book in particular, yes. as we all do. Um, I try to be friends with people who really like this book. I think that it makes for strong <laughs> bonds. No, honestly, as you should. How um, did you first get into these books? Into the extended universe? Yes, my mother is a librarian. So I would get, like, every book before it kind of got famous. So I got, like, that wow. kind of feeling of superiority from, like, a very oh, young hipster. age. Yeah, like, really That's feeling good about myself hard. because I got, like, all the Harry Potter books early. And I got the Percy Jackson books early. So that is how I got into it as a child. Um, I also had that, wow. like, big book that people's parents buy them. That is like the big book of Greek <laughs> mythology. And you like, for some reason, Fantastic. get really into it as a child. I know that like a lot of people had it. So that was kind right. of my origin story of Greek mythology. I, I actually never had like a big book of Greek mythology, but I did have lots of big books on rocks and gemstones. I also had those. Did you ever have a rock tumbler? Yeah. No. <laughs> you took the rocks. I actually in never it. was into Tumblr. Erica, you're going to kill all of our cred. You can't say that you were never into it's Tumblr. Not Tumblr <laughs> I didn't have internet. I'm talking about like a physical rock Tumblr that you put like stones <laughs> into and then they tumble in the rock Tumblr and then they become polished gems. And it never really works, but like National Geographic sense <laughs> probably makes like millions a year getting kids to buy a rock Tumblr. I did have like all of those ones that you would like smash in a sock oh, a on the driveway and then it was a yes. geode. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I love discussing um adjacent hobbies and adjacent interests yeah, to sure. being really into <laughs> Percy Jackson, gemstones, <laughs> Tumblr, both physical and um, internet. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah. So you okay? So you got into the books like you were a hipster and you were really yeah. cool and you got to read them before everyone else. That's really awesome. Mm -hmm. So were you reading Harry Potter when you were like four? Were you one of those people? <laughs> no, I was one of those people who was like had a superiority complex about like even that and was like, oh, Harry Potter, I'm never going to read that. And then I hit like eight. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> I was like, and then I, I broke and I was like, oh, okay, I'll read this now. And then I made it to five and five scared me so much that I like <laughs> locked it in a drawer and like no one in my family could find it for a really long time <laughs> because it like stressed me out so much that I like had to put it away from me where like no one could find it. Oh my God. Uh, but then I went back. <laughs> 
Oh my god. Well, yeah. I mean, the dark, the dark energy. I guess Order of the yeah. Phoenix is definitely my favorite. Yeah, though. I think it's very adjacent to Titans. It's, it's, it's the Titans so first good. Adjacent. It was when I got yeah. like my mind blown by the like Voldemort being in Harry. That like was too much for me. That was you know, a lot, actually. Yeah. <laughs> we don't. We can blame that on the non-existent author. Anyway, this is not a this is not a Harry Potter podcast. Sure is a <laughs> We talk about it a lot, though. Well, next question. <laughs> you, I, I just would like to say that Chloe is probably our only guest who actually really religiously listens to our podcast, and <laughs> she deserves hugs for that one day when hugs are legal again. Oh, one day. Um. So, Chloe, you know what this question is? How did yeah. you pronounce "you know who" as a as a child? I honestly, like, literally think I never said it out loud, <laughs> so I don't really remember. But I'm assuming I said it wrong. <laughs> right. I get that. I get that. But it's Chiron. I've been listening to the audiobooks and they say Chiron. Yes. <laughs> and I feel like they've checked. <laughs> Next question. Okay. I know that you ached over this, so I'm going to give you the opportunity to answer. Um, who is your godly parent? Okay. Here's what we think. The consensus I've come to with varying people weighing in is that my godly parent is Athena. I've also had some Hades, which I'm not sure if that's insulting or a good thing, but I chose to take it as a compliment. Yes. Um, but I think the decision that we've come <laughs> to is most likely Athena. Would I be really, I, I think I agree with that. And I'm happy for you. I'll take, you know, thank you. I'm happy for it's you. It's been a long road to get here. Yeah, to find the kind of, it, you know, it means a lot to, to be able to identify yourself. I do think that if I were 12 years old and asked to join the Huntress with the promise of never interacting with another man, I would have done it. So I would like to throw out there that I was probably a Huntress. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, Carter and I have had this discussion before <laughs> in many veins. We were like, ultimately, Kiyoshi Warrior, Hunter of Artemis. Same energy. That's what we desire. That's where we desire to be. If we were strong yeah. enough to choose it, who knows? But that is yeah, the truly. end goal. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> is there anything you would like to say or drop about the books till this point? Like we're getting further in. So, you know, you didn't have an opportunity to weigh in on Lightning Thief or see if monsters, if you have any takes or opinions. I don't know if this is like a hot take. I know that apparently it gets explained later, but rereading these, I kind of realized for the first time that like Percy and Annabeth are first cousins once removed. <laughs> and, like, and I don't and you know like <laughs> it is what it is and yes you get what you get and you don't get upset as my mom used to say so. good i yes we can um we can just sit with that for a we moment. can think about yeah you know his weird explanation about genetics <laughs> that being that being said i think it's time here we go <laughs> dive in we've got a lot to talk about and fangirl about Bam. The book opens. What? It's winter? This is weird. We normally start all these books at the end of the school year, in the summer. Okay, immediately something is weird. It's it's dark. It's snowy. Huge tone shift. The fact that, like, it's winter. Also, like, it's a little bit of a time 
like it's a little bit of a jolt because we know that they're not a year older. It's just been a few months since um, what happened at the end of Sea of Monsters. <laughs> and all of a sudden we're just like in the car. Talia is here with Annabeth and Percy and Sally. Um, and it's like, we're not even going to acknowledge. <laughs> we're not going to get any backstory. We're just diving right into the moment. <laughs> we have so many questions about are Talia and Percy like, are they okay? Like, what is going on? Is Talia okay? How old is Talia now? Yes. Talia's age will also become relevant again. I'll be bringing that back yes. around the time when we talk about Apollo, because I do think yes. it merits discussion. So I, I also, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Thank you for bringing that up. So we're in the car and we're heading towards um, basically a, a super secret demigod mission. Uh, Percy's mom is driving them and we get some really cute like family moments. She embarrasses Percy in front of his friends. Uh, etc. And they get to what turns out to be this fancy boarding school in Maine, where they're crashing a dance because Grover has requested their help in securing two half-bloods um, because there is a really powerful monster present. And some powerful half-bloods. Smelling powerful. And powerful half-bloods. So in order to figure out what's happening here, they have to infiltrate a middle school dance. hey uh. Also, they interact with um, evil Frenchman on the way in. Oh my god. Just for the research so we're clear, French people are evil. <laughs> we just had a great <laughs> Bastille Day Ratatouille conversation. For all the Francophiles out there. Re- correct. Reevaluate. On <laughs> <laughs> the way to the middle school dance mission, we get a moment where Talia manipulates the mist to get them by the school administrators, and Percy kind of has a moment. <laughs> Percy has a, a tough reaction where he's like, wait, Kyron taught you how to do that? He's going to teach me? Am I not special <laughs> yeah, anymore? Yeah, Percy's just giving us, like, 14-year-old toxic masculinity in, like, a very exhausting way right off the bat. Right. Is he... <laughs> yes. Are they almost 13? Or did he Isn't turn 13 he like, in between? Almost 14? No, like, barely 14. He's ba- he turned 14 in between Sea of Monsters yeah. and Tank's Curse. His birthday is, like, late yes. summer. But yeah, Percy's kind of, this is the first moment we get where we don't know exactly what's going down between Percy and Talia since the end of the book, but we are already noticing that Percy is in fact having this, like, his masculinity is being challenged, his chosen one status is really being challenged by Talia, the new child of the big three who could be the child in the prophecy. So then, the dance. We're at the dance. Yes. And we're giving you Jesse McCartney, Jesse McCartney realness. (laughs) (laughs) Really bring it. Yeah, I was like, I guess this was that year. I mean, this was like the year of Jesse. Beautiful soul. Grover, the fact that Grover loves Jesse McCartney, like, okay, he's a simp. We get it. And Talia is like, I want to listen to Green Day. I love Talia because that was like me when I was that age. Is I thought I was really cool because I listened to like Green Day and Airs. That was definitely me without actually listening listening to the good music. I was like <laughs> trying to, I was like wearing the studded belts and like the neon bracelets, but I wasn't actually listening to quality music to justify it. <laughs> it's that good though. It's all right. It's no Jesse McCartney. The Green Day drop is, like, interesting, not just because, like, obviously Talia's giving us Hot Topic vibes, but it's also, like, a like for me, in, like, a way of shouting out to the fact that Talia is, like, shouting out the time thing, because Green Day is, like, kind of a little old for this moment, in addition to being really Hot Topic. It's yes. definitely, like, a, oh, she's, like, older moment, because it's so, like, 80s, 90s, and not really... yeah this year could please continue well then we like have percy giving us more toxic masculinity because like annabeth has grown 
Oh my god, this moment is so interesting. It's so juicy. First of many juicy Percy Annabeth growing up moments. We're 14 now and the hormones are just absolutely raging. Um, <laughs> Percy has his little internal narration where he's like, Annabeth is a lot taller now. She's like taller than me and that's disturbing. She's wearing earrings that she got from her mom, the silver owls. Side note, that's impressive that Annabeth got a gift from her mom. Athena really likes Annabeth. Yeah. Um, and also just generally, like, Annabeth is looking older. And oh? it's just kind of an observation. Like, we don't know exactly. Well, it's so, it's interesting because it is so much like how it happens. And you do see like when you're 12 or 13 and all the girls get so much taller than the boys and the way that boys react to that is so like a little stressful, <laughs> <laughs> which is very much the tone of this. Yes. I do like the nod to the realistic experience we all had when we were all taller than men. And then our physical stature was just mirroring <laughs> our, um, internal superiority was great yeah when that was the case um Um. do you want to do this part for this conversation they have carter it's such a cute conversation (laughs) she's like we need to dance and not look conspicuous and percy's like who should i ask me stupid stupid. ah so (laughs) cute so relatable we all had these middle school situations yeah and while they're dancing they have this Mm. important little tidbit conversation where Annabeth summarizes, like, her dad's moving to San Francisco. She can't do that. Percy is like, so what are you going to do? You're going to go to camp all year? And she's like, actually, I should tell you something, dot, dot, dot. Conversation gets cut off. But the seed is planted. I think that the writing at the beginning of this book is so good. Just the pacing Mm -hmm. is so rapid. And you're getting all of this information. It just makes this book so fun to read. But yeah, so... They, They get cut off because they, like, notice Dr. Thorne, who we find out is the monster, is dragging away... Nico and I hate this guy. <laughs> I don't know if it's like French people. Have, yeah, something about like <laughs> France is super elitist to me, and so it makes me so angry to like read this man's French accent and like watch him be horrible to these children. Yes, I will clarify: Caucasian French men in positions of power. Anti. Yes, we must clarify. That is exactly. It's fascinating, what I also, because the Manticore <laughs> is supposed to be a Persian monster. Um, so then, why is he? Anyway, hmm. we don't need to. There's a lot of. We'll, we'll circle back to it, as we do with every other Ooh. interesting racial dynamic in the books. We'll pop back later. Yeah, also, again, um, <laughs> he's a monster, but he's one of these monsters, I guess, that gets special missed mm-hmm. treatment, where he turns into a human, as opposed to... It seems to like there are a lot of exceptions Chihuahua. to the rule. I was like, is there a rule, or is there not a rule? Because I feel like every other monster, mm-hmm. we're like, just kidding. Anyway, please continue. <laughs> so so they notice that Nico and Bianca, the two half-bloods, have disappeared. So Percy and Annabeth split up to try and, you know, get everyone together, figure out what to do about this. But Percy, after they split up, basically decides, you know what? I, I can do this. I'm a grown-up. I'm not that short. I am capable. So he runs off by himself to try to take on this monster um, while Annabeth is scrambling to find Talia and Grover and get, you know, a team effort together on this. But, of course, Percy screwed up. He's overmatched. <laughs> Things are looking bad. This is such a bad moment for Percy, where he... You know, it's like his it's his inferiority from Talia, and it's his inferiority of, like, Annabeth being more mature now. Huge mistake. <laughs> Basically, immediately, he gets poisoned mm-hmm. by Dr. Thorne <laughs> after he finds Bianca and Nico. Bianca and Nico have literally no clue what's going on. He doesn't even have time to give them the you-are-a-demigod spiel. And it ultimately results in <laughs> yeah. bad news for Annabeth. 
But before that happens, super exciting battle scene. So, um, yeah, we... Um, basically, as Percy is suffering and trying to get this together, he he calls over Grover using the empathy link. Grover shows up with Annabeth and Talia. They rush into the fight. But things are starting to go sideways. And then <laughs> we, we, we get a fantastic development to turn the tide. Let's just read it because no one can say it better than Rick himself. We were trapped between a monster and a fully armed helicopter. We had no chance. Then I heard a clear piercing sound, the call of a hunting horn blowing in the woods. The manticore froze. For a moment, no one moved. There was only the swirl of snow and wind and the chopping of the helicopter blades. No, Dr. Thorne said. It cannot be. His sentence was cut short when something shot past me like a streak of moonlight. A glowing silver arrow sprouted from Dr. Thorne's shoulder. He staggered backward, wailing in agony. Curse you, Thorne cried. He unleashed his spikes, dozens of them at once, into the woods where the arrow had come from. But just as fast, silvery arrows shot back in reply. It almost looked like the arrows had intercepted the thorns in midair and sliced them in two. My eyes must have been playing tricks on me. No one, not even Apollo's kids at camp, could shoot with that much accuracy. The manticore pulled the arrow out of his shoulder with a howl of pain. His breathing was heavy. I tried to swipe at him with my sword, but he wasn't as injured as he looked. He dodged my attack and slammed his tail into my shield, knocking me aside. Then the archers came from the woods. There were girls, about a dozen of them. The youngest was maybe 10, the oldest about 14, like me. They wore silvery ski parkas and jeans, and they were all armed with bows. They advanced on the manticore with determined expressions. The hunters, Annabeth cried. Next to me, Talia muttered, oh, wonderful. I didn't have a chance to ask what she meant. One of the older archers stepped forward with her bow drawn. She was tall and graceful with coppery-colored skin. Unlike the other girls, she had a silver circlet braided into the top of her long, dark hair, so she looked like some kind of Persian princess. Permission to kill, my lady? Not like the other girls. Not like the other girls. <laughs> Zoe is the person who would say that, though. Do you not like Zoe, Chloe? Uh, she kind of bugs me. I'm going to be honest. Wow. I don't know. She's a little too righteous. I like, I, here's the yeah. thing. Like, I love a cause, but I also am like, make fun of yourself. Let yes, she is. That is certainly. Like, Grover, Grover seems like a fun guy. <laughs> wow. Are you a Grover stan? Wow. I don't know. We haven't like, had any Grover stands on our show yet. I'm kind of a Grover stan a little bit. I kind of love him. I don't know. <laughs> um, Hashtag, it's the hunters. Get hype. They're here. Ah! Wow. I realize we also didn't even mention, like, B- Bianca and Nico's uh, initial descriptions, but those are the half-bloods. Wait, yeah. we should probably pause and do that. Oh my god, die for them. I am a Bianca stand though. Mm-hmm. Always. Yes. yes. Bianca till You make I- such an excellent Bianca, Chloe. <gasps> I'm too old. Sadly, I've aged out of my... Of my We've all aged out, but that doesn't stop us from um, Halloween... And other cosplay opportunities. Life is a cosplay opportunity. Just enjoy other, it. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway. it's Nico. It's Nico and Bianca. Period. That's it. They're cute. Uh, they're shy. Um, they still don't know what's going on. Um, the hunters show Ooh. up. They kind of save the day, but they don't fully save the day because just as they're about to take down the Manticore, Annabeth like runs directly in the line of fire and stabs him. Jumps on his back, and Doctor Thorne jumps off the cliff with Annabeth. She is lost. She is beyond help, to quote Artemis herself. Um, and Percy is oh like, I, Percy, as much as he doesn't want to believe it, he knows it's true because he can't like sense her in the water below. He can't feel her energy. Oh, oh it's so stressful. 
pause. Like, this is an important, this is a big moment because Percy and Annabeth have not been separated for these books. Like, obviously, they don't spend the school year together, but they are always together for quests. They are a team. Mm -hmm. After the Sea of Monsters, their bond is completely inseparable. They, mm -hmm. after everything that they went through together, and suddenly Annabeth is gone. And it's Loki, Haiki, Percy's fault oh, yeah. that she's gone to. Oh, yeah. <sighs> well, Talia, and Talia says it. We love Talia, our calling out, yeah. being calling out. Yes. She literally I do wonder why they don't go and, like, check, though. I mean, Artemis is a goddess. I'm sure she's figured it out. Artemis is also, she's one of the confusing goddesses to me, sort of like Apollo, I guess, because they're younger, where they kind of have, like, a mysterious um, combination of duties and abilities. Yes. She's the goddess of the hunt, but also the moon, and also virgins. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in the mythology, to to be clear, there are like several virgin goddesses, right? There's Artemis, Athena, and Hestia are like the virgin trinity. Yeah. Um, it's just that we don't talk about that so much because um, we Artemis is has more cool battle powers than Hestia, and <laughs> Athena like needs to have children, I guess. So um, right, oof. but yeah, there's a little bit of establishing. Um, we get like the whole Nico loves his mytho magic game thing. Oh, uh, sweet baby Nico. He's so sweet. Or he's uh, annoying, depending on how you no. feel. You can be both. As a 10 year old, sweet and he's like, Yes. He's like just really psyched to be there. And I like, I like love that for him. He really is. Yeah. They finally get the explanation of the fact that they're children of the gods. Nico is literally so stoked. Um, Talia doesn't like the hunters. We don't know why. Classic. Yeah. Um, takes Bianca to have a little chatty chat. I do want to say, like, I don't love the fact that Artemis is 12. Me neither. That I just don't like it. That feel weird. I was like, why would you, like, that's the worst age also. Like, if you can, if yes. you're a divine entity and you're like, ah, I can be anything, why would you be 12-year-old girl? That's, like, a nightmare. That's it my is. nightmare. It is really <laughs> terrible. Yes. It seems like there's like a level of biological determinism that Rick is allowing to seep into this in terms of trying to very literally and hormone like in a like puberty informed fashion, like make a statement about what it means for Artemis to like be a goddess who whose time is like before womanhood. Whereas right. like, I don't know, like, I don't feel like there are that many people in people can have different opinions about this, of course, but like. I think that a modern conception of, like, what womanhood means, like, would not look at, like, a 16-year-old person and be like, ah, yes, that's a full adult Precisely. in the same... You know, right. like... Yeah. yeah. Well, I was just thinking that, like, even the idea of choosing to, like, not be around men at any age and, like, preserving that for yourself, which is what it seems like Artemis is, is like, the big deal-breaker and everything... I would think that that was, like, a little older and, like, perhaps in a modern lens a little more sexuality-based, but I don't want to be right. presumptuous. But it is, right. like, that's the vibe I'm getting. We can just say it. We'll ju let's just say it. That's why we love the Hunters so much, because they're just lesbians. They're a yeah. roving band of incredible, powerful, silvery, glowing lesbians. Really and that's true. how we read them. And that's why we love this book. Yeah. But the way that it is written like is that they are maidens you know they're like i think even when i was little and reading these books i mm -hmm. pictured them as 20 year old lesbians and right. i admired them yes but retweet, retweet. that's not what they are they're really not written that way in mythology the maiden goddesses are important not because they are anti-men but because they are like anti-womanhood which is stressful yeah. because we are not anti-womanhood yes. we do not want to be anti-women mm. having sexuality because women can be strong and not choose men and still have sexuality and be full-grown women 
Okay, go But on. also shout out to like the ace queens out there who likes all this and was like, that's me. Yeah, you know, that's like, that too. What if we just like get, we call this the queer collective yeah. and like. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it's like the, the queer collective, but like just like retweeting the, this whole thing about like the idea of like not liking men as being like an early stage of life rather than the way that yeah. some people are. The way that some <laughs> people are inherently a choice that some people have the power to make at any time in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the above. Mm-hmm. Also, it can be both. all of the above. I was also kind of like, oh, well, is this even perhaps commentary on like the fact that young women are hypersexualized from a very young age? And so right. they're like making this decision to like leave that behind and achieve mm-hmm. like a sort of different kind of immortality in that sense. I don't know. I was not sure if that was like perhaps a bit of commentary from our friend Rick. Right. Like this, I, I know what you mean. Like this idea that yeah. um, it, leaving behind um, the pain and turmoil that comes with being a woman in our society, yes. it gains them a kind of immortality. Exactly. That is, that I'm is like, an honestly, interesting idea. If I didn't feel that way, I might live forever. Right? <laughs> I don't think Rick um, had that in mind, but I think that's a beautiful reading. I'm choosing to, pick, to look at it that way. <laughs> yeah. I think this is the one moment for me that um, we fail by having a male author, Yeah, yeah. Um, in, like, fully making the hunters what they were made to be. But, like, c- culture and our communal um, consciousness has turned the hunters into what we always wanted them to be anyway. Um, mm-hmm. So that's fine. Yeah, maybe Disney Plus will come through. We'll see. Maybe yeah. it'll be great. The queer collective of all kinds of women oh, choosing to, love to see that. <laughs> say no to men. Oh. Yes. But at the end of the day, boys are bad, period. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's, that's what we're getting out of this. Holding space for anyone else comments on this before we move on? No, we're good to go. No, Lynn, we have passed <laughs> that. Okay. Yeah. And uh, uh, there's a whole thing. Um, old prey is stirring I think Grover is the one, who, or no, somebody calls it the Great Stirring. Um, mm. <laughs> I don't think that really caught on. Doctor Thorne calls it that. Doctor Thorne, yeah. For another metaphor for adolescence. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, that was a wait. good one, Chloe. Thank you so much. I'm here with the joke. That was important. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, it doesn't really catch on though. Um, I didn't remember this. Yeah, he literally br- never brings his phrase uh, back, so it's. It's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's never gonna happen, Doctor Thorne. But stuff is stirring yes. in general. Like hunt- Artemis is like old prey, like ooh. old giant scary monsters, basically, and also some like old maybe mid-sized mm. monsters. I don't know. We'll we'll circle back. On that. Yeah, like, all kinds of stuff is is coming up. Um, and then like next thing we know, Bianca's a hunter. Yes, <laughs> that happens very quickly. It happens like she happens so quickly. Like, hey, girl, want me to blow your mind? You're not an orphan. Your dad or mother is a god. And also, like, do you want to join the queer collective? And be immortal? (laughs) Yes. And she's like... Honestly? She literally, like... But here's my thing. Love her. She kind of abandons her brother here. Makes me... I could never leave my younger sibling. Right. Yeah. It's worth... Everyone has different opinions, I think, on this... Yeah. That's true. On this, like, Bianca leaving Nico thing. She is also yeah. so young at this point. Yeah. Like, it's a rash decision. I, I feel like it's just a decision she makes in the heat of the moment, like... Um, also like having to it all works out okay obviously but yeah it it doesn't work out for a long time until it does so it's a big it's a big decision yeah it does like i mean it it is true that she like sort of has been in charge of nico for a while and you know like we we get this explanation of her after percy fully doesn't understand her decision she justifies herself to him (laughs) dumb boy brain cannot compute (laughs) yeah this also like we should probably mention this like caps off percy's like 
um, wow, women are really out here, um, and I'm not. That is exactly, I don't want to say it any other way. But, like, I think that's the great. The inadequacy <laughs> that he, like, clearly is feeling on all fronts is... Right. Especially yeah. with, like, oh my God, the only the writing parental is so good. figure, the only significant parental figure he has is his mother. So, like, women are constantly, like, playing the traditionally like paternal role in his life which i think is kind of cool about these books is that like the right it is very Mm -hmm. like boy kind of figures it out while the women make it work for him but like (laughs) (laughs) even like um athena and hera yeah uh lots of lots of goddesses coming in to interfere athena and artemis truly yeah do the most they're doing so much for (laughs) For the heroes yeah um (laughs) there's a moment where dr thorne is like this is direct interference with mortals so like against the ancient laws and then she's like actually it's not because killing your ass is within my domain you monster (laughs) so got him she said are you trying to mansplain the heavens to me <laughs> Artemis, yeah, of, of all of them, like, does the most in terms of, like, r- using these, like, divine law loopholes, it seems like, to get around the fact that she's, like, literally spending all of her time with mortals and, like, helping, you know, like, young girls who are, like, half-bloods, oh, nymphs, mortals it. who, like, actually need... Is she our queer some, fairy some godmother? In there. Yes. yes. She's the elder queer who jumps through hoops yeah. to be a good role model <laughs> for her children. Um, retweet, retweet. Yes. Okay, and so Bianca becomes a hunter, blah, blah, blah. Everything is stirring. Artemis needs to go and hunt. Like, the great beast yes. of Olympus. Yeah. The identity of which she doesn't yeah. reveal. It's not really clear. She has to, like, do the it The thing alone. about these books is that, like, if they actually talked about what was going on at any point, there would be no more conflict. <laughs> They're always being like, uh, I can't tell you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Things being withheld. Uh, <laughs> we don't know what the great beast is. So many questions. But Artemis is like, I'm off. And then she like zooms into the woods oh, yes. um, and she leaves the hunters to her brother to uh. travel to Camp Half-Blood. So then we meet our next god, uh, Mr. Apollo. This guy. <laughs> the disappointment <laughs> he's on your faces. He's just like, I just want him to be cool <laughs> and he's not, which is what I feel like is the general Apollo vibe. Shout out to mm. all of men on that one. <laughs> but uh, I'm getting I'm getting a lot of like straight white man who like thinks everybody's into him thing from Apollo. Right. And like his right. general like family as well. They're all making me mad. <laughs> this is another one of those moments where when I was reading back, I realized that the image in my head was not what is written. Yes. Um, because mm-hmm. he is described yeah. as being like blonde, kind of looking like Luke, who we know is a hottie Lamati with a swimmer's body. But in my head, for some reason, like Apollo was more like Ben Schwartz type. Like what? Oh, like a comedian. Well, like a funny. If John Ralphio were like Apollo and like being like, hey, yes. how old are you? It would be a little different than this like surfer exactly. bro that I'm getting from this person. Like, like vineyard vines, like I love Martha's right. Vineyard mm. thing. Yeah, that he's yeah. Paul's a northeastern fuckboy. Yeah, he's like, oh, do you want to like drive my dad's boat? And then like things go horribly wrong. That's kind of the vibe he's getting. <laughs> that's right, what which is actually yeah. how like, that's like the vibe that's written to be. But I think my head like subconsciously adjusted it so that Apollo was actually this like nerdy guy who nobody actually like listens to but is kind of like a fun energy to have around and he's like a trying to be something that he's not as opposed to he's actually really that's so interesting i like never got that out of this i really wanted to like apollo because you know poetry music he could be very creepy and i think that is kind of the way he comes off i was getting creeped Mm -hmm. out by him 
Yeah. Or he could be rewritten as like a positive older brother, fun guy. Yeah. Goofy guy. That was what I was going more for. Like when I read this the first time, I imagined like untouchable, like, like, I don't know, like camp counselor vibes yes, or something like too. that. You know, like someone who's like, you know, like older than you, better looking than you, has advice for you. But like also like as a result of that, like keeps themselves, you know, yes, hands inside yeah. the vehicle at all times. Not stepping over the line in <laughs> any way. They, I think it should be Rob Lowe. Oh, uh, I think that's like one of the ways. So we're leading into the problematic <laughs> reading of Apollo. <laughs> Which Parks and Rec cast members would you cast as Apollo? <laughs> that's so sad. Everything about that is so sad, but also accurate. Yeah. About the way that this but book like, was this, written. Yeah. I don't know. Very different castings, but also either could work. There's moments in Titan's Curse where we clearly have made it into something else. That we wanted it to yeah. be, which is beautiful. Like, I'm glad. Yeah. yeah. Fandom works in powerful ways. Adopt the canon. Yeah. We'll see how we'll see how the Disney Plus deals with this. And also I I, I am I have to admit I'm yet to read The Trials of Apollo. Um, but mm-hmm. I really do yeah. I'm looking forward to reading them. Yeah. Also, real quick, Apollo's like bad at poetry. Why? How did that happen? Because it's funny. It's just <laughs> sad that like none of the Olympians are like actually like good at art from what we can tell. <laughs> yeah, I know that when we're coming to Western civilization at some point in this discussion, as I am an avid listener of the podcast. <laughs> but I think that the gods all being kind of shitty at their jobs is like definitely meant to be part of that. James Franco. Oh my God. James Franco wow. in floral print would be everything. James Franco, if you're being like, hey, girl, let me take you in my car. Also, let me tell you about this movie idea I have that is right above your head type of energy. Oh, my God. Well, I think we've Uh, sufficiently read Apollo for shit. I'm glad we're all, like, fan casting this. Anyway, now that we've, like, sufficiently destroyed Apollo. (laughs) They arrived at camp. They arrived at camp. The Sun Chariot is a Maserati. Talia drives. Talia is really bad at driving. Is she scared of of something, perhaps? We'll find out. (laughs) They get to camp. They crash land the Sun Chariot. And there's all of this catching up that we have to do. Nico watches the mm-hmm. orientation film while Talia and Percy chat with Chiron and get like super pissed that Chiron won't go let them look for Annabeth. Again, it's this like uh. Chiron trying to protect the two of them thing because now they're mm-hmm. both po- potential pawns for Cronus. And uh, mm-hmm. Chiron is like, you know what? We're going to do capture the flag because it's a yeah. tradition. The hunters demolish them specifically because... In case you needed reminding again, Percy and Talia have a complicated relationship with some uh, fraught gender dynamics Mm -hmm. um, in which, you know, like they're both they're both like big personalities, big people, very confident, not used to having another one who's like them around. And um, things go awry. They're both both trying to be the star and um, they can't both be the star and the hunters, you know, slip through defeat them yes that was a great summary of that whole thing um (laughs) they fail capture the flag we find out along the way that clarice is missing because clarice went on a quest shoving that under the rug for now percy has a facetime iris message with tyson where tyson summarizes that old sea spirits are stirring as well and they're protecting luke's ship the princess andromeda it's sailing far away sweeping that under the rug for now and percy has a nightmare where he sees obviously nightmares are just visions clarification but he sees annabeth being tricked by luke in a mysterious location we don't know where they are and she takes over this burden and it's (laughs) another one of these really awkward moments for percy where we see that annabeth still has some mad feelings for luke 
in some way. You know, we don't have to say that they're romantic yeah. necessarily, but like she really loves this guy and and she believes it when he tricks her into Yeah. Oh, it's so sad. Cersei's masculinity is like raging. He's like, oh, I'm gonna gotta go get this loot guy and free Annabeth, my my woman. Let's stop catch <laughs> and redirect. <laughs> so he also has a dream. We find out where she sees that, like, Artemis is in huge trouble. Artemis is now lost in the way that, like, Annabeth is. They don't know where she is. But Chiron won't let them leave. Chiron is, is playing mad, overprotecting Dumbledore cards right now. Yeah. And the last little tidbit of information that's important is that the hunters didn't just happen to show up at Westover Hall because people were in trouble. Talia reveals to Percy that they were scouting because Annabeth had a little brochure in her backpack. Damn. Annabeth's thinking about joining the hunters. As she should. As she should. But but also we're rot. <laughs> we're rot because, you know, we, we do, this is a Percy Beth podcast. We love and support them ultimately, even though Percy's being a little D-bag right now. This is a huge blow to the future of Percy Beth. Obviously, they cannot be together if Annabeth chooses the hunters. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's rough. But at the same time... Annabeth needs to explore this, yeah, though. She needs, yeah, she needs like, to take she her needs opportunities. To... Explore her identity, explore her career opportunities. Truly explore it's not her identity. an unpaid internship. Yeah. That's a paid internship, baby. Immortal member of the queer collective versus yeah. Percy. And Percy is not his full version of himself. So, of course, Annabeth is like, oh, yeah, the hunters sounds good. But yeah, she clearly is still having feelings for for these men in her life because of the Luke situation. I wrote in our notes, hashtag bisexual. Um, <laughs> good, 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 good. Percy good. is dealing with this angst. The love of his life may be bisexual and leave him for a roving band of immortal women. Oh. And so he's like, again, he's not dealing with any of this very well. He's like, you know what? Frick it. I'm going to go talk to the Oracle. He storms into mm-hmm. the attic of the big house. The Oracle totally ignores him. And on the way out, he sees the scarf that he and Annabeth collected at the water park like two years ago. And he's like, oh my God, she kept it. After all this time. And it's Aphrodite scarf too. That's love magic. It's just so good. Yeah. We're getting like hit with so many feelings. The case for Percy to like eventually leave camp and go search for Annabeth is just building. And, wow. Yeah. One of the things that you note so in, in the notes so importantly is that Percy, like once Annabeth leaves, almost every experience that he has is like in the way that he recalls the story and tells it is mediated through Annabeth's absence. Yeah. Which, again, makes sense to us because Annabeth, like, introduced him to this entire world, explains everything to him all the time. They've never done, like, a, you know, half-blood like... Half-blood activity without each other. Half-blood activity without each other. Or, well, she's done half-blood activities without him. But, like, he hasn't done any without her. Even even though she's, like, not physically present. Like, we... Yeah. There, there's a big hole she's that we there. feel. Yeah, yeah. And Percy's kind of forced to do all, all, a little bit of this growing up without her. You know, it's like a healthy break yeah. for the two of them. Um, and Annabeth yeah. also, although she is, you know, struggling under the weight of the entire sky, at least she doesn't have to deal with <laughs> Percy being a little bitch for the beginning of the So maybe it's really good for their relationship that they're taking a break. Yeah, she can think about her priorities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, I jumped the gun and captured the flag. I'm realizing everything I said should go here. <laughs> After they lose, they have like a giant fight. And by giant, we literally mean like physically giant. Like there's lightning bolts being shot at Percy. Percy lifts up the entire creek <laughs> I'm down and for tries to like <laughs> kill Talia with it. I, I actually really dig this fight between Talia and Percy, not only because I think it's, it's, epic. it's entertaining and epic, but because I just love the fact that Talia is like, oh, so you're going to shower me with your toxic masculinity? Well, fuck it. Like, I'm going to fight you back. <laughs> like, yes! <laughs> face Damn. my wrath, you little twerp. I love Talia. Talia stands. I will only. die on yeah. that hill. Yeah. I love Are we the New York Times? Because we will not allow diversity of opinion in this (laughs) (laughs) world. 
I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Leftist humor. Wait, why are you kidding? Because that is that. Yes, <laughs> I'm kidding because. To clarify what I mean by that joke, in case there are people on the internet listening to this, fuck Barry Weiss. She doesn't need a job. She's fine. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway. anyway uh, this fight is lit. Kyron is like, you guys, stop it. And the oracle appears. And the oracle, like... A mummy! <laughs> the oracle comes down from her attic just to slap a bitch. She's like, enough! <laughs> this literal mummy, we... How? How? What are the mechanics of the oracle approaching? We don't know. They're like, she hasn't come out in hundreds of years. <laughs> all of that. All of the above. Very this. How did this happen? And she appears. And we get the prophecy. I'm going to read it. I love the prophecy. Yes. Very good. <laughs> she comes, she appears. She says very specifically directly to Zoe... Four shall go west to the goddess in chains. One shall be lost in the land without rain. The bane of Olympus shows the trail. Campers and hunters combine prevail. The titans cursed must one withstand, and one shall perish by a parent's hand. Which, correct me if I'm wrong, is like longer than the other prophecies too. The great prophecy is also six lines, but the previous two have been four lines. Yeah, so we know that the stakes are increasing. Also, speaking of stakes increasing, in this prophecy, we get that two people on this five-person quest are going to die. That's Order of the Phoenix energy right there. And I love that Chiron is then like, I would go, but I don't want it to be my dad who kills me. And I was like, great, so send the miners. <laughs> yeah. I guess I assume I chose to read it as like, he doesn't want it to be him who dies because that would in, that would imply that like Kronos like has officially Kronos risen. Is back, yeah. But at the same time, it's yeah. like, Chiron, you're going to have to take a risk at some point. Right after this... um. There's sort of like a meeting to dissect yes. the prophecy with all of the the council of cabin leaders, which I think is so Loki love lit. that. Yes, that's icon energy right there. It is all the iconic said, campers. We are all RAs. Yes, yes, it's the iconic the elder members of camp, and it's really cool because yeah. Percy is part of it. And like, yeah, it's it's yeah. the big kids table basically, and it's we got like big Selena, table. Beckendorf, yeah, the Stoll brothers. With the comic relief. <laughs> I really like them. But Kyron is like, yeah, there's good people are gonna die. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we just have to push on. Very much Order of the Phoenix energy. <laughs> there's a moment where some like I think it's Zoe is like, Grover's not actually a boy, he's a satyr. And I'm like, whoa! Again with this like mysterious identification of Grover in all of these books. From the wedding dress to this moment right yeah. here. Fascinating. And they, they like it's it's gonna be uh the hunters and Grover. And Talia? Yeah. Talia. Talia, who basically gets out in front of it and says, like, I'm going. And everyone's like... Yes, queen. Sure. And then Percy at the end is like, wait, what about me? I want (laughs) to go. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Percy, like, I shit on Percy for being, like, toxically masculine. But, like, literally, that would be me. Literally, that's so relatable. like, but what? (laughs) And, like, it, it, it's difficult because, like, we do feel like, you know, Percy's been off his game. Like, the hunters don't want to go with the boy and we should respect that about them. But also, like, Percy, like, has spent the most time with Adabeth out of everyone in, like, recent memory. It's his fault. Like, he, you know, he's not weak or anything. Like, he's, pro- he's probably a more useful asset to them than Grover, if we're being honest. Yeah, I think <laughs> they also don't give him, like, this inter- eternal glory narrative. Yeah. Like, I do like that he's not, like, with Harry Potter, I hate to bring it back, but, like, he literally got everything. Mm-hmm. And it, like, got kind of annoying. And it's interesting to watch him, like, Percy deal with not getting something mm-hmm. that, like, isn't a woman. <laughs> I hate to say it. Yeah. Do you know what and I mean? And not as trivial as a prefect badge. He's, it's good. I think it's good for him. <laughs> that was an unnecessary drag. I'm sorry. No, but yeah. <laughs> I love, I love that, Chloe. 
He needs to be. Yes, I think it, it's like, correct. It's a yeah, good humbling moment because it makes me have more patience with him for the rest of the books. I, I just want to really quickly say, like, as much as we love Talia, this is one of those moments where it's kind of building up for us a little bit that, like, she also, like, Ta- Talia is, like, very proud. And, like, she, like, the fact that she takes a backseat to no one while, like, refreshing to us in the context of, like, the hellscape of anti-feminism that we all live with is, like, also, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like, there, there, are, there are times when we're, like, this is a lot. She was written by a man. Yeah. And then, like, Chiron is, like, honestly, Talia and Percy, you literally can't work together because you're both unbearable. Yeah. <laughs> Would you handle it? Like, you handled it at the creek? Actual quote from Chiron. <laughs> but then Percy calls his mom. Because when he, he doesn't have a woman to ask to solve his problems. So it's time to call mom. He actually, and he wasn't going to call his mom. Chiron told him to call his mom. Yeah. So that's we true, still that's respect true. Sally. And Sally is like, wait, 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 Percy, why are you calling me? I'm literally in a date right now. <laughs> Sally's like, can you not and deal with love this? For her. Sally's like, can you not deal with this on your own, Percy? The end of book one, Percy was like, mom, like, it's okay if you want to date people. That's fine. Just like make them good people. And then here she's on a date and we're a little flustered. Why? We should we're, we we should be celebrating. And you know, we we I'm are celebrating. celebrating. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel great. I, <laughs> yeah. We stand Paul Blofus. Yeah, but Sally's like, can you can we talk about this later? Um, can you deal with this on your own? And there's a sweet little quote here on page 105. She turned her pencil around in her fingers. Percy, as much as I want you to come home, she sighed like she was mad at herself. As much as I want you to be safe, I want you to understand something. You need to do whatever you think you have to. I stared at her. What do you mean? I mean, do you really deep down believe that you have to help save her? Do you think it's the right thing to do? Because I know one thing about you, Percy. Your heart is always in the right place. Listen to it. You're telling me to go? My mother pursed her lips. I'm telling you that you're getting too old for me to tell you what to do. I'm telling you that I'll support you even if what you decide to do is dangerous. I can't believe I'm saying this. Mom, the toilet flushed down the hall in our apartment. I don't have much time, my mom said. Percy, whatever you decide, I love you. And I know you'll do what's best for Annabeth. How can you be sure? Because she'd do the same for you. And with that, my mother waved her hand over the mist and the connection dissolved, leaving me with one final image of her new friend, Mr. Blowfish, smiling down at her. Wow. I like Paul. That's iconic. I'm on team Paul. As a scene. Sally again with the Sally perfect with mothering. Sally with right answers. Oh. <laughs> I'd love to see her letting him make his own decisions, even though he's young. I yes. think that that's important. So important. She knows that she has a 14-year-old boy and <laughs> she doesn't even want to deal with it. Like, just, Percy, like, it's up to you now. Yeah, well, we're back on the dream board, whatever nightmare the night- thing. Hellish nightmare scape. We love to use a nightmare as, like, a plot device in this book. Yeah, very. it is very um, Order of the Phoenix, again, with the yeah. night- nightmare visions. But after this, we're feeling all our feelings about Annabeth already. And there's another nightmare where Artemis comes in and takes the burden of the sky, question mark, from Annabeth. And there's somebody else there. It's not Cronus, but it's somebody who is also very powerful and scary called the General. We don't know who it is yet. And there's an, this is an important moment to highlight because Luke, in this nightmare vision, doesn't let them kill Annabeth. They're like ready to get rid of her. And he's like, no, 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 no. Um, She might still be useful, which... Aside from feeling all of our emotions. He's giving us, like, Draco Malfoy garbage. Yeah, he's giving us, like, he might still be salvageable. Like, he's still yeah. feeling human emotions, and he clearly has, um, 
um, regular like mortal connections to people, and maybe he, he yeah. can still be he can still be swayed. He's not fully like a disaster yet, similar to Draco. Like maybe he's in over his head a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's clearly more people who yeah. are higher up above him now. So we should probably mention real quick also that like when Artemis does this, she like basically gets dragged in in like shackles. So someone was able to imprison Artemis right. first, which is like wild like we've never seen anything like this before in terms of like subduing a god so it's some kind of titan or other powerful god situation they talk again about this mysterious beast that monster that artemis was hunting um everyone seems Mm -hmm. to know what it is we don't know what it is it's going to be really important and then the general they're like we're going to make this quest very challenging because we know that everyone is going to come here and try to rescue artemis (laughs) okay (laughs) wow from this nightmare Banging on the door. Blackjack! Aww. One of our faves. Do we remember this? Like, Blackjack was not introduced to us in the Sea of Monsters, just so we're all on the same page. No, page-right. they were yeah. just like, they were unnamed <laughs> Pegasi, Pegasi. He wakes yeah. him up. Very, very weird vibes moment. Blackjack yeah. just wakes him up for no reason, and it's like, the hippocampi need your help. Was Blackjack just like hanging out with the hippocampi? I guess horse-like creatures are all friends. And Blackjack flies him over to the lake in the middle of the night, and he rescues this mysterious creature who is part cow, part serpent, and, like, a baby. So it's like a nightmare. Yeah. And underwater, yeah. That's, like, so scary looking in my I mind. agree. I think it's really creepy. Like, I don't, I don't like that at all. The idea that it's got, like, a really long tail, it's, like, this disproportionate, like, freaky body. Mm-hmm. We literally, mm-hmm. no context for this. It's the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. we've never seen this creature before it, the whole thing is just really unsettling like dark powerful the stirring etc but we do notice that like this creature like while it's described as a monster like the hippocampi all like it and it's a baby and it seems yeah. nice harmless likes percy and percy sets it free bessie is like cow energy though i feel like is that rude to say no 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 no. it felt right to me <laughs> it is, it is, it's a thing cows are bessie um this is also Shout out to Rick's favorite way to end a chapter. I had a feeling I would not be seeing my cabin for a long, long time. <laughs> How much time does he spend at the camp? Very this corny, little. This like corny, corny man. never there. And he's like, I would be so mad if this kid was never there and then came in and was like head of capture the flag. And I would literally be like, who is this? I'm here all the time. At least they don't have to pay tuition and they're never there. <laughs> Shout out to also like Yikes. at this point on camp, like related to the Council of Elders thing, because it's winter, this is like camp 2.0. It's like yeah. in, we didn't mention this earlier, but it's like snowing, which is weird. And like only like the hardcore year round campers are there. So yeah. shout out to again how Percy's like not actually that hardcore of a right, camp right, right, right. to like some of the other people. <laughs> yeah, mysterious mm-hmm. vibes. While he is out and about in the middle of the night, he catches Nico spying on Mm -hmm. the hunters and he's about to blow the cover but he uses annabeth's cap again annabeth is with him um, to spy on nico spying on the hunters find out that the stoll brothers kings took out phoebe so there's um an open spot on the quest phoebe who we conveniently never met and yeah. doesn't actually have an irreplaceable <laughs> skill set. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Phoebe. Yeah, she's whatever. So there's a spot open. Nico is, like, running after them, and Percy stops him. He's like, hey, Nico, you're a kid. Another messy Percy moment where he tries... To, Percy really tries to be this big brother figure for Nico, and it's so cringy, and it doesn't work. Like, Nico doesn't really know it, but, like, Percy's not uh, doing a good job. Yeah. This is this is a hard moment, though. Yeah. Because, I don't know. Like, I, I, like, feel for Percy, and, like, I feel for Nico in this moment. It's just that, you know, like... 
Percy's, Percy's just not there. He's just not ready for that. Yeah, Nico says, of course, the iconic, promise me you'll keep my sister safe. <laughs> oh my god. So Don't make promises you can't keep, Percy. Don't make promises! But also, like, you fully asked a 14-year-old to, like, guarantee you that your sister will survive a quest where 40% of the people will die. But also, like, what other <laughs> what other role models do we have? Like, Kyron is out here making 12-year-old Annabeth swear on the River Styx to protect Percy. Yeah. So, of course, Percy yes. is like, yes, I can protect your sister. He, yeah. he has this foolish notion yes. from the examples he's been given that he can do it. Um, it's all yeah. just very sad. Yeah. And We get Nico set up for tragedy and for, for anger and for, like, a really complicated relationship with Percy. Like, yeah. I, I love Nico. Nico's kind of... I'm kind of a yeah. big Nico fan. Is yes. anyone not a big Nico fan? I oh, we're all big Nico right. fans. I feel like Erica, historically, there's some... <laughs> Let's be clear <laughs> that my first... you in public, but... Um, Let's be clear that my first Gmail account, my first Instagram account, um, everything else, I was Erica.D.Angelo all over the internet. There are traces that can still be found. The records are still there, for those of you wondering. (laughs) (laughs) Call me out. I agree. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we love Nico. I still remember the moment where Carter and I were sort of uh, reading Heroes of Olympus series together, and Nico had his his moment and I had a yeah. actual emotional breakdown. Yeah, it was like difficult. <laughs> it was I remember having these conversations. Yeah. That was that was um, that was genuinely such a like emotionally wrought period of our lives when that happened. And I was reading that and being like, oh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nico, yeah. I'll just say Nico Nico also like that's not to spoil anything, but to spoil some things. The Nico and Percy thing, like, that hits. That's that's real. Oh my that god. That was well That's, done. It's well set up. This setup leads us so perfectly, like, of course. Of course, that is how this is gonna play out. Yeah. And it's hard it's, and we hate it. And like this is gonna be a real. lifelong trauma that he'll have, but Li- oh it's my real. god. <laughs> it's real stuff. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. It's a it's a whole lot. Um but we don't we don't know any of that yet, technically. Um and basically Blackjack swoops in and he's like, hey boss, like let's fly. Buddy O. And we're out of there. And we're out. On a second illegal quest. Let's be clear. (laughs) Two out of three of these books, Percy gets denied quests and goes anyway. Uh, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Well, that is, um, that's the end of chapter eight. So, Chloe. We did it. It's time. The evidence, the evidence is stacking up, I feel, for the incredible complex relationship that Annabeth and Percy have. But at the same time, you know, they're apart right now. Percy is in his worst, most angsty phase. In spite of all of this, um, do you believe that Percybeth is the greatest love story ever told? Here's the thing. I would say yes. Largely, I would say yes, because in all honesty, like, they make each other better. They make each other excel. They motivate each other and they hold each other accountable. And I think that, like, even if they don't always get along and see eye to eye on things they like do prioritize the fact that they like very much do clearly love each other very much and it's wonderful to see it's also nice to see um a boy with emotional vulnerability in a book portrayed from this age who's like not he doesn't really seem emotionally stunted as much as like confused about what he thinks 
which I think is something that um, boys don't get a lot in like literary representation. The one thing I would say is that it is literally illegal for them to get married in the state that they, <laughs> that this takes place in. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, I think it's getting to the point where we need to maybe have like a special episode where we literally have this conversation about like would love to be a guest because I actually did like a, a deep dive on the internet like looking into whether it was okay so my search history is all about incest <laughs> it is though I you're gonna get some weird ass ads in the next couple weeks <laughs> no okay. this, it's probably for the best let Google and Amazon uh, be deeply confused and have incorrect data <laughs> to you know just throw a log in the works <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, although this book, you know, the, the quest here is mostly about saving Annabeth and Artemis, but the stakes are still there with Kronos rising. So on the larger, you know, on the grand scheme of things, do you think that all this effort is going in, you know, to save Western civilization? Um, in short, no. <laughs> it's just, I think we're all seeing right now, like, very clearly. I think everyone is seeing for the first time, perhaps, what I think... At least us three have most likely been complaining about for a long time. <laughs> but I think that most most people would now say that it is not worth saving <laughs> and that we should just start over. Uh, That's not on that. <laughs> That's not on that. Shout out to us um, mainly taking guests who agree with our opinions. Um, if you're listening to this podcast and you disagree with these takes, like send us a Leave message a comment. so we can like, talk to you. Contact we, us. We need to. We need to have people actively challenging our opinions. We made that New York grow. Times joke, but like, you know, like we do. We do genuinely believe in discourse and about yeah. having these conversations with detail and with complexity and compassion. It's just that we also happen to believe that trans people are real people who deserve rights. Um, yes. <laughs> that um, send us a message. Thank you so much, Chloe, for being here. Thank you so much for having You are a true me. hunter of Artemis. Uh, and a Bianca stan. As are you yes. both. Love you both. Um, stay, stay tuned. We're just going to keep getting deeper and deeper into the Titan's Curse yes, and yes, enjoying yes. the magic that is this book. So see you next week.